This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live. Once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Wednesday, May 11th. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who truly believes that Wednesday is just a portal to the weekend, Dave McCann. It absolutely is. Thursday is like my favorite day of the week. It's when the games start, you know, in the football season, and it's when the golf tournaments start in the summer and all that stuff. So Thursday's it. So so Wednesday's like a pregame show. Okay. So really, this show uh, today kicks off the weekend because once we're done – you know, it's Wednesday's half over, and uh, and then we're in. That's a great way to just view life in general. Yeah. Wednesday's just got better for everybody <laughs> listening to that logic. It and is a pregame show for Thursday. <laughs> I love that. What a Wednesday show we have. A pregame to the weekend, if you will, including... Is Jaron Hall a top 50 college football player? A list was put out by our friend Big Game Boomer. He has become a certain uh, ticking time bomb, if you will, with his lists, making college football fans love and hate him all at the same time. Jaron Hall, not on that list. Does he belong on it? We will ask Samson Nakua that question and talk to him about his transition into the NFL at the Indianapolis Colts. What does he bring to the Colts as far as the skill set goes? And what's the best bit of advice he got from his brother Kai Nakua? Plus, there were some big home runs last night, Dave. Which was better? We'll discuss that as well. But before we get to your headlines, this just in being reported by Kevin Reynolds of the Salt Lake Tribune. It says Mark Pope is expected to hire former Louisville basketball assistant Khalil Fenn to replace Chris Burgess on his staff. How about that? Fennell was the Cardinals' director of basketball operations for three years prior to being promoted as an assistant on Chris Mack's staff last year. So some breaking news of sorts. Again, this is just one report not confirmed by BYU officially, but the Salt Lake Tribune reporting that Chris uh, sorry, that Mark Pope has found his replacement for Chris Burgess. If true, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting hire, a significant hire as they get ready for the Big 12, be the second African-American member of the staff for Mark Pope um, as he continues to expand uh, BYU's roster to the four corners of the earth. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd heard some thought that he was, he was leaning this way. You, you get uh, experience out of a big-time basketball yeah. program as you get p- prepared for the toughest league in America. Khalil Fennell, apparently, <clears throat> excuse me, on his way to BYU basketball to join Mark Pope's staff. More on that as we hear more. But for, for, for now, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball beat Dixie State last night 3-2 at Miller Park. Brock Watkins hit a three-run home run in the bottom of the seventh inning to lead the Cougars to their sixth straight win. It sounded and looked a little like this. Into right field goes Watkins. Fisher is back, and it is gone! (laughs) With one swing of the bat, BYU takes a 3-2 lead in the bottom of the seventh inning. Cougars host a three-game series with Pacific starting tomorrow. You know, the wind started to blow out to right, and it looked like that was a routine fly ball. It just kept going. See you later. And then it was gone. Hey, dramatics from Brock (laughs) Watkins. Uh, BYU softball won their 14th straight game after a 9-1 victory at Gale Miller Field over Utah State. Violet Zavodnik had a walk-off mercy rule home run in the sixth inning that sent Utah State back to Logan. Zavodnik now has 18 home runs on the season. Hannah Jo Peterson-Mills 
made the play of the game, in my opinion, defensively. And that, Dave, looked and sounded like this. It's now a 3-2 BYU lead. Three runs scoring for the Cougars. Hannah Joe Peterson nails with the sprawling catch just inside the foul line in right field. Now, what's cool about that is you heard Jason Shepard saying, hey, it's a 3-2 game. That happened like 15 seconds after Brock Watkins hit his home run. You know what else that tells me? You and I were both on the job <laughs> trying to get it done Indeed. here on BYU TV. Women's golf, they're currently tied for seventh in the final round of the NCAA Franklin Regional. Top four teams advance to the championships. They've got some work to do uh, today. Alicia Mateo leading the way. She's tied at 20th overall in the individual title chase. You've got to be in the top four to advance on from the 12-team regional. Alex Barcelo, or rather Tyson Williams, getting ahead of myself, don't want to steal your Alex Barcelo. Please. Tyson you. Williams becomes an NFL free agent after the Baltimore Ravens withdraw his tender yesterday. Remember, in his one season with Baltimore, had 185 yards total and one touchdown, 35 rushing attempts. Can you imagine if he hadn't blown out his knee against Washington, what kind of year it had at oh, BYU? Man. It hurts. What a great guy. All right, thanks for the Alex Barcelo teaser. You bet. Barcelo revealing via his Instagram yesterday he had a workout with the Spurs. NBA Combine list was released yesterday. He's not on it, so he's looking for another way to get in. And as a shooter, he's got a shooter's chance. Absolutely. Ashley Hatch has been named to the NWSL All-Tournament team thanks to a string of great games in the Challengers Cup. All she does is score goals, it feels like. Hatch led the tournament in scoring with six, finding the back of the net in eight games. She can't be stopped. <laughs> Men's lacrosse defeated USC yesterday 10-6. Fight on. They advanced to the national semifinals to face South Carolina, the other USC, South Carolina, tomorrow at 1.45 Eastern time. Let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Top 50 or bust? Big Game Boomer has released a list of the top 50 Heisman Trophy candidates. And upon close review, no BYU players, specifically no quarterback, Jaron Hall, which prompted me to ask a question on social media no. yesterday. Does Jaron Hall deserve a spot on this list? So let's discuss it, Dave. Is Jaron Hall right now a top 50 player in college football leading into the 2022 season? I can answer that in one sentence that will have a lot of commas. Okay. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Virginia, Washington State, and USC. Oh, Beat there you all. go. Beat them all. Uh, his only loss against P5 last year was at Baylor. They had a tough defense. They won the Big 12 and the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> so uh, is he a top 50 player coming in? Aaron Roderick believes he's one of the top three quarterbacks in the country or will be at the end of the season. So as we sit here in May, is he among the top 50? I say yes. Okay. Now, to be fair, Mel Kuyper has Jaron Hall right now on his NFL draft big board, and it's way early for the 20. 22 NFL season going into the 2023 draft, number 27 on his list. Now, where was Zach Wilson on Kuiper's list a year before? Nowhere to be found. Yeah. Nowhere so those lists to are be a found. Subject. Right, yeah. for sure. But Pro Football Focus has been very high on Jaron Hall. He's one of their top 10 quarterbacks. And then Cam Meller, our guy who has been a longtime NFL draft analyst, he was the one that was ahead of everybody when it came to Zach Wilson. Yeah. He told us after Zach Wilson's 
sophomore season when Zach had 11 touchdown passes and nine interceptions and a couple of bad injuries that he's, he said, he's special. You watch. He will be an NFL quarterback. Mark my words. Cam Miller feels not as strongly about Jaron, but he feels that Jaron will be an NFL quarterback. And so that's worth something. But, I mean, so depending on what metric you look at, I feel like, you know, if you combine them all, he's probably somewhere around, I don't know, 40 to 45 in terms of best college football players overall. This isn't just quarterbacks. Right, right. This is 50 great players, all positions. And for me, he's probably somewhere 40 to 50. But I'll tell you why he's probably not on this list. Injuries. Yeah. Like, that's probably what's keeping him off this list. And I can understand that logic, too. So if he's not in the top 50, he's just out probably because his health status and his injury history would prevent him from doing that. When you're a quarterback, in, in my opinion, you can't win the game yourself. So you can, be a, you can be a really good football player, but you're elevated to a great football player when you're surrounded by really, really good football players. Uh, look at the Heisman uh, winnings. Look at Ty Detmer's Heisman all the way back in 1990. He was surrounded by a fantastic football team, which allowed him to utilize his skills and be great. Now, you and I have watched Jaron Hall during spring drills, coming off his foot injury and all that stuff. Uh, and then we've also watched what might be the best offensive line uh, in school history and one of the best in the country. And then we watched those four receivers. We'll get Samson Akua's take on that a little bit later. And then we see um, Chris Brooks coming in from Cal, and we think about this offense. And this offense is set up to make Jaron Hall fantastic. And he does have to stay healthy. Uh, and he does have to throw to the right team. And he's got a history of doing that. But but uh, in that configuration, does that put him in position to be one of the best of the top 50? Sure, sure. I think so. And, and you know, running back, you're, you're faster, stronger than everybody else. Okay, you're just, you're just better than everybody else. But it's tough to put a quarterback uh, and, and judge him that way because he needs the other 10 to be really, really good for him to be great. And I think BYU's in a position for him to – look great because of the other 10. Now, as of last year, and this is including all quarterbacks that played last year too, his pass grade was an 83.3. That was 32nd overall. A bunch of those guys have moved on. Some have transferred schools. Jaron is back, obviously, in the same offense with the same offensive coordinator, same head coach, a mm -hmm. better offensive line, and plenty of weapons around him. So we're all kind of anticipating him to take like this major step forward. Um, he does not have the comfort blanket of Tyler Algier behind him. Or Zach's senior season schedule. Correct. So he's got a tougher schedule, we think, or at least on par with last year. Yeah. Maybe last year's schedule doesn't get enough credit, but at least on par with last year's schedule. So, But he's now the guy. Like he's He is clearly the alpha of that offense. It's not Tyler Algier. It's nobody else. It is Jaron Hall. Um He's going to have opportunities to prove that he is a top 50 player immediately. Like in game number one against September USA, let's go, and then Baylor in Provo uh, shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah. The schedule's set up for him to be great uh, in the eyes of the nation because of the teams that he'll have an opportunity to beat. And if he can't beat them and he throws four picks, that kind of stuff, okay. You're right. But he's set up for the opportunity I, to be great. Yeah, I'm just looking at his numbers from last year. 20 touchdown passes, only five interceptions. You've yeah. got a 4-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. He was the third-leading rusher on the BYU team with over 300 yards on the ground. And he was still injured a little bit. Didn't play in the bowl game. Obviously, had to sit out against Utah State. And we've heard testimonials from Puka, from Chase, 
from Gunner that he's better. There you go. In spring, that Hall is better than he's been and throws a better football than he's thrown. Okay. And is on time more than he's been on time. And, and those, are the, those are the recipients of him. I think he will quickly prove, as you said, yep. that he is a top 50 player. It won't take long. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what Samson says because, you know, he doesn't hold anything back. <laughs> he does not hold anything back. All right, on to topic two, Dave. All right, topic two, what would it mean for BYU if Hall is a top 50 player at the end of the year? Uh, what I, kind of year will we have had? Yeah, I've been very vocal about this, and I think it is this simple. If Jaron Hall starts, let's say, 11 of the 13 regular season games, okay? BYU will be a top 25 team at the end of the regular season. If he starts 12 games, they will win 10 games. Yeah. That that will happen again. For a third consecutive season, BYU will have double-digit wins if he is healthy. I, I feel like it's as cut and dry as that. If Jaron Hall is not the starter for at least 12 games, then things could get interesting. And I know history has not been on BYU's side in this regard with so many injuries to quarterbacks, especially in the Independence era. But he's working behind an offensive line we feel like is very strong and should be able to protect him. And Jaron also is really, really smart. I like the comparison of Jaron to Russell Wilson, only he's a little faster than Russell Wilson, and he's a little bigger than Russell Wilson. He's taller and a little bigger. Um, not saying he is Russell Wilson right now, but I like that comparison. I think he's smart enough to be safe and to know when to run. Um, it's our 12 games, Dave. I, why would BYU not win 10 games again with that offensive line and him back at quarterback? I like the blueprint that Zach left him of uh, how to get down, avoid getting hit, Take care of the football. Let your line protect you. Zach Hardy got touched during his last season before he was picked at number two overall in the draft. A uh, year before, not the case. Hurt, banged up, throwing picks. The year before, kind of the same thing. And then he evolved into his junior year of, uh, of look, I, I, if I'm going to live and be the quarterback for this team, I have to be on the field. Yeah. And so uh, instead of getting 10 yards, he got eight yards and got out of bounds. Uh, I think we saw Jaron get a little smarter through the course of the year last year, Certainly. especially after the broken ribs, where he's like, okay, here's how you break your ribs. Well, and that's the thing, Dave. He hurt the ribs initially against Arizona right. in game number one. So he played hurt in the latter part of the, the first game and then proceeded to beat Utah and Arizona State. With broken ribs. With broken ribs. <laughs> like, <laughs> And he was dominant in that game in managing the game. As an underdog, and BYU didn't trail to either team for a single second. Um, I think I think you take the Zach Wilson blueprint. What you learned on the fly last year, you missed the bowl game because you were hurt. So you got to okay, you know what? I got to stay in the game. Uh, and if I do want to turn pro at the end of this year, I've got to be phenomenal. So let my line protect me. Stay healthy. Get rid of the football. Do what Steve Young did his senior year. Why why get hit? I'm just gonna throw the ball to my back. Out of the backfield, let yeah. him get hit. Well, and let's not forget that he beat Virginia and USC on a bad ankle and still those recovering ribs. So if Jaron Hall is healthy, he will very quickly prove to the college football world that he is most certainly a top 50 player. And if he is healthy, I, I just, I mean, people are like, Dude, that schedule is nuts. Spencer, how can you say 10 wins? Again? I think Jaron Hall and this BYU football team are that good. That's why they're projected to be a top 25 team in the preseason. It's going to be a fast summer. We're going to get to September 3rd here real quick. Cannot wait. Our question of the day, is Jaron Hall, in your opinion, BYU Sports Nation, a top 50 player in college football? And what do you think it would mean for BYU if he is indeed at the end of the year? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. 
This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brian Buss on Twitter says it would mean that we, as fans, are looking for a new starting quarterback to enter the first year of Big 12 play. If Jaron Hall has another year like last year, stays healthy, you are looking at a quarterback drafted in the first three or four rounds of the NFL draft. Would also mean another double-digit win season and a top 15 team. It sounds like Brian would like Jaron to be great but be rated number 51. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back for another year. Hey, Jaron, uh, I wouldn't mind. And I've, I've joked with Jaron on this show. Wouldn't mind if you were the guy to lead BYU into the Big 12. But yeah. He's got to do what's best for him. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, which Big 12 teams would you want to play every year if you could Ooh, pick three? Okay. I like that question. Every year. And he's a new Indianapolis Colts wide receiver. Samson Nakua joins us in studio. What's the best bit of advice he got from his brother Kai as he makes the transition to the next level? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, May 21st, BYU Sports Nation will be broadcasting live from the BYU Fan Fest in Sandtown Park in St. George. Come watch the live broadcast of the show, 12 Eastern, 10 Mountain, or watch the show on BYU TV and the app. Those two right there, yeah. St. George, they're coming your way. For a second, I thought you were going to say San Diego. <laughs> Which is awesome, too. But, hey, St. George, fantastic. St. George will be awesome. The police have been informed that Jeremy and Spencer are coming down, so it should be a good time. We're looking forward to it. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Dave McCann, who brings maturity factor to this set. So thanks for being here with us, <laughs> Or the Dave. lack thereof. And also bringing some energy with us on the set today is our first guest, Samson Nakua, who is headed to the Indianapolis Colts. With a free agent contract out of the NFL draft, Samson, welcome to the show. Let's go. Thank you for having me. Good morning. You got your plane ticket. Yes. You're going to Indianapolis tomorrow for the two most important days of your life, right? Yeah. At least up to this point. Yeah. Honestly, it's uh, it's a bit crazy to be experiencing this right now. Um, it really hasn't hit me until like today. I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh, I actually have to pack. I actually <laughs> have to get ready to go. Like, this is a real thing. And, uh, yep booked into the flight and uh, ready to go 6 a.m. tomorrow. Why do you feel like your position and fit with the Colts is one that will work out for you? Um, I think um, the way they have the receivers and the receiver room set up is really nice. They, um, Pittman from USC and uh, some other guys that are really big receivers, big bodies. Um, I think I can fit in with them nicely. And, um, you know, the backups didn't see the field too much, so I think I can slip in there nicely and uh, get a, a – a spot on the roster and uh, just, um, you know, make plays and whatever I can do for the team. I dare say nobody has the energy that Samson Nakua has on the Colts roster right now. I'm just yeah. putting that out there. It has there. to be. It has to be that. One way. man only can match me. My boy from, uh, <laughs> Julie, uh, from Utah, Julian Blackman. That's okay, probably, okay. Yeah. That's probably the only he guy. He can match your yeah. energy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so as you roll into your first mini camp this weekend um, and a chance to make that first impression, What's your goal? What impression do you want to leave with the Colts that'll then carry over to when camp starts? Um, that I do it all. Like, uh, whatever they ask me, if they need me to go out there and score a touchdown, I'll do it. If they need me to go out there and block a D end, I'll do it. If they need to go me play safety and make a tackle on Tyler Algier, I'll do it. <laughs> so at this point, anything they need me to do, I just want them to know that I'm there. And if they need me to make plays for the team, I'm there to make plays too. Has the mindset switched from the collegiate team game to football as a business. 
in your correspondence with the Colts after they signed you as a free agent, how they treat you, how they talk to you, your demeanor moving in to a business opportunity as opposed to taking one for the team and all the rah-rah stuff you've had? Um, yes, it's uh, it's definitely more business. I'm just dealing with the coaches and um, how the the team works and uh, dealing with the managers and everything. Um, um, it's very individual. It's all on you. And uh, it's just very different every day I wake up. Um, we were talking about earlier, I wake up and it's on me to decide if I'm going to go work out and be ready to go or if I'm going to sit home and play video games and just relax. And uh, they just told us um, Friday, Thursday, we get in Friday, be ready to go. We're in have your cleats and gloves ready to go and if you're not ready by Saturday you'll be cut <laughs> yeah so, wow yeah so now it's just it's crazy to see what, what where football is really going now in life yeah Samson Nakua a receiver for the Indianapolis Colts how does that sound man it sounds awesome it's still hard to believe but it's <laughs> it sounds good I, I like the flow you put a lot of helmets on in your life there was the Tip View helmet the Utah helmet the BYU helmet have you thought about what it might feel like when you put the Colts helmet on for the first time on Friday? It's a football helmet, but this this is different. Oh, man, it, it hasn't – I don't know. I feel like the biggest thing for me is just, like, making sure everything just feels exactly the same, not riding anything too high and not riding anything too low, just, like, keeping it right here and right in the middle. And um, I believe this is another day at work for me. Um, I've been doing this my whole life since growing up with my dad as my coach and uh, – we talked about this moment, and um, now it's here. And I felt like I've, I've just, I've seen it, and I've been here before, and uh, just act like professional and be ready to go when the the ball's thrown my way or anything comes my way. Well, it helps when your brother Kai is in the league and he's going through these similar things, right? He's been through this entire process, exactly. undrafted free agent. He's made a, diff- a couple of different rosters. He's with the Jets now. What advice has he given to you that sticks out above the rest? Um. Me and him just talked recently, like a couple days ago, and he said the biggest thing um, is keeping God first and uh, family second and uh, football third. Um, He said uh, as he's jumped around from team to team, um, it's definitely taken a toll on his mental and uh, and, uh, and physical um, a little bit. But um, being away from your family and being on your own, it really – you got to find peace with God and within yourself and uh, just knowing and trusting in all of the process and keep believing in both of those things in yourself and in God and just knowing it all work out in the end and that he got you. And um, that's what I'm just going to keep doing. Um, I was walking up at Utah, earned my way from there, um, earned my way over here to BYU. It wasn't easy to get over here either. And then now I got this camp invite and free agent as a walk-on, it's all the same thing to me. Mm. So I'm ready to make my mark and ready to ball. Well, and, and you believe all that stuff. You, you've lived it. It's not a, hey, I need to go, I need to make sure God's first in my life. He is first in your life and has kind of steered you through, and we've had a number of interviews as you've talked about it. He steered you through your life. Doesn't make you perfect or any of us, exactly. any of us perfect. But, but, but knowing that and having that as a foundation as opposed to I got to go out and find that and try to make the team seems to be a big bonus. Yeah, exactly. Um, God and my family helped me get to BYU, and it how I said earlier, it wasn't an easy decision or an easy process to get here, but I made it here. I, get, I got it through a year here, played wonderful football, made wonderful relationships with friends and fans, and um, God helped me with all of it, and I'm so thankful for every opportunity that he keeps giving me, and that as long as he keeps helping me and I keep showing him my love and uh, thankful for him and his work, um, I think I'll be blessed and I'm just ready to work. Samson Nakua is with us on BYU Sports Nation. How did your one season at BYU change you as a football player and as an individual? Oh, 
everything, um, confidence on and off the field, um, self-belief and then love, loving, um, my team and, and fans and family. Like, um, it was crazy. Um, coach Kalani just believed in me and my brother so much and uh, just had the highest confidence, not just us, but in the team, even in times of when we were doubting ourselves and like had, um, just terrible plays and stuff. But Kalani's belief and confidence in all of us was so high that it helped me play to a certain level and with certain energy because of his confidence. It helped me believe in myself so much more. And almost sometimes there were times we got a bit cocky, but and there were times that God came back and humbled us real quick. And um, it was a beautiful thing to see. And um, But that confidence level that Kalani helps with the, everyone on the team is just, it boosts you so much where you're feeling like you're a pro already. Like, you feel so good, like this is all natural to me. Like I'm not even thinking about football now. Now I'm thinking about just having fun and just doing what I've been doing my whole life. And that just helped and I'm ready to help that confidence level translate over to the next thing. A year ago, um, really right now, you're talking about, well, I think it'd be cool to play with my brother. Uh, and then you did. And if, if the Nakua's are ever gonna line up together again, it'll be in the NFL and that'll be, that'll be something next level. So when you reflect back on that opportunity that you did have to play at Puka, um, what thoughts come to mind? What, what stories will you be telling for the rest of your life about that experience? It would, it's hard to, I can only say it's a dream. It was honestly, the whole season was a dream to me, a movie. Um, every time I got to line up or even just standing on the sideline and watching Puka or just seeing my little brother that I grew up with doing these crazy yeah. things right next to me and then me sometimes make a play right next to him too. <laughs> it was like, man, this is like, you couldn't ask for anything better. Being in the whole stadium with the environment, BYU, like, I couldn't picture anything better or anything like something actually I could have pictured better was me coming here my freshman year to play with Kai. <laughs> right. That would have been true. awesome. I could have done that. That would have been awesome too, but it all played out perfectly and it was just a movie. Like the whole season with the team, with the fans, with coaches, it was just a movie. Let's stay with Puka. What do you feel like is his ceiling next season? limitless honestly um I think this was his first year back healthy truly healthy since his injuries um over at Washington and still there's like maybe some tweaks in his body still the adjusting to him playing a full year and I think with him getting a lot healthier and a lot stronger and uh building his body back up it's going to be uh one of the top receivers in the nation and uh it's just now him and Jaron connecting and, you know, making it happen. <laughs> he was uh, on live with us during our pro day coverage watching mm. you. And we were watching him watch you, and, and he's locked in. And, uh, and, and then I said, hey, are you a year away from this pro day yourself? And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if that means he'll have one more year or two. But, uh, but that's what's next for him. And you could tell as he was dialed into watching the scouts watch you that, uh, that his opportunity was around the corner. Definitely around the corner for him. Um, I don't know when it is, maybe next year, maybe a couple years from now. Um, but whenever it is, um, I wanted to show him that, hey, dude, like football or whatever they tell us we got to do, like we can do it and then we can make it look good and make it happen at the end of the day. And it ain't nothing if you put your mind to it. <laughs> Samson Nakua is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's uh, talk about Pro Day a little bit. Puka watched you as we all did run a blazing 40. <laughs> What did that and your pro day performance overall do for the interest level the NFL teams had in you? Um, going into the combine prep, the whole thing, I talked with my agent. He's like, yeah, he's like, uh, 
the biggest thing here is we got to get your name on the map. Like teams know of you, but they're we don't know how much interest they really got in you. Like right now, it's like tr straight free agency. Like, and we don't know if any teams like are really that interested. And I was like, all right, so I just got to go in there and work. I was like, so ain't nothing new to me. So as I did that, I just every day I would tell myself I was like, every day I would go work out and just tell myself like they're gonna see at the end of the day like. I got no invites to none of the bowl games, nothing, no combine. And I was like, they're going to see at the end of the day, like, it's all, it's, this is what I want. I want to be the underdog again. And as it came up and stuff, um, I was just ready to go. It just felt so good. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what, it, like, I was in like a whole nother world. As, <laughs> as soon as I woke up in the morning, it just felt different. Like, God was with me. I was like, man, like, nothing can go wrong. I prepared my whole, like, I prepared for this. Like, it's just going to be a fly through. So did I mean were the Colts and other teams like did did you notice like a huge uptick in interest after you? Um, yes, right after is when I got actually teams actually started talking. Right after the pro day, um, I didn't have really any contact with any team, and right after pro day, they just were so impressed with how I came out with my body and then then just how smooth I looked in all the drills and stuff. And I was and it was awesome to get that feel and uh, that love from the teams because um, yeah, just there was nothing there before, but. Right after that pro day, just working, doing all that, it just came out, and the Colts got me. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great uh, plays of your college career was a simple play, but when Jaron Hall threw that touchdown pass to you against Utah, which you told us during the pregame show you were going to catch a touchdown <laughs> for your grandmother <laughs> against the Utes <laughs> in yeah. the Stadium, and then you do it. Uh, we talk about Jaron Hall, and, and now he prepares for a season. Is he a top 50 football player? A couple of things came out this week. Didn't have him on the list. We thought that was a bit of a surprise. But what do you, what do you expect for Hall, and, and where do you think he sits in college football? Man, I, I expect him to be a top 50 player, a top 25, easily top 10, easily. Um, this What he does is unreal. Um, I think for his first real year or two, and, um, like, it's going to be – not his first real year, but this coming next year is going to be a, just a big step for him and Puka, I think, and with even Gunner, too, coming back. Like, there's going to be opportunity for him left and right to make big plays in the slots, too, um, with Keanu, Chase Roberts, other people coming back, too. Um, it's going to be awesome to see what Jaron can do and uh, what he's meant to do. And uh, he's easily top 50. I've seen that. There's a lot of people that are very questionable. Arizona State quarterback. I don't know his name. <laughs> Somehow he was on there. Somehow he was on there. But okay, we'll see. The Samson has spoken. <laughs> that wide receiver core obviously loses a big piece in you. But as you mentioned, they bring back your brother Puka, Gunnar Romney, Chase Roberts, Kibo, Keanu Hill. Um, what what do you think of the offense? Because the BYU offense last year was dynamite. But there are rumblings that they may be a little better this year I mean are you buying into that goodness gracious I don't know if they'd be better but you know <laughs> just as good I can see that but that whole offense is going to be amazing see the whole uh most of the O-line returning to yeah. protect Jaron um you get Chris from the Cal yeah Chris Brooks Chris Brooks right he's going to be nice and Houston him Lee coming and uh Lopini so it's like the back the whole offense is stacked like you want to go anywhere it's going to look exactly like last year maybe a little better in the backfield I don't know about the receiver room but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be really fun to see come back and watch these guys play and, and uh, make a name for themselves all these guys 
Samson, it's great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we would be foolish not to give you the hugest dose of BYU Sports Nation yeah. karma possible. So yeah. we're sending you that way. Good vibes that way. Let's go. Thank you. Guys. We appreciate you coming in. Uh, good luck on that early flight tomorrow. We will be watching closely as you pursue your dream in Indianapolis. Oh, thank you so much. Love you, Cougar Nation. <laughs> Mini camp with the Colts for Samson the Let's Cougar. Let's go. All right, Dave, what's coming up? Coming up, BYU baseball. They keep climbing the WCC standing, so how high can they go? And which BYU home run last night was best? There were two big ones, one on the softball side, the other on the baseball. You decide. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Softball takes their 14-game winning streak into their final series of the regular season as they host St. Mary's in a doubleheader Friday. You can see both of them on BYU TV starting at 7 Eastern time. They're 39-10. and 10. You know what's crazy is they're still on the bubble. they got to win all three this weekend to feel good about getting an at-large spot because LMU is pacing to win the conference. By one game. By one What, they, game. they played in the first week of April, beat them by one first run? First conference series, yeah. a one-to-nothing game, swung the series towards LMU. So uh, basically, BYU fans, you're all rooting for Santa Clara to beat LMU this weekend and BYU to sweep yeah, Good St. luck Mary's. with that. <laughs> they need to both get in the tournament. LMU is good, too. They're both top 50-ish teams in the yeah. RPI, you bet. He is Dave McCann. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Station. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you can follow all the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Do you have a TikTok account yet? Not yet, but it's I, coming. I recommend, Dave. Yeah. I recommend it, Dave. That's where the kids are. You'll dig it. <laughs> Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. If the Big 12 was to follow the proposed ACC scheduling model, that came out this week of having three permanent teams on your schedule each year. Which three Big 12 foes do you want BYU to play every season? This is a really tough question to answer because Texas and Oklahoma are leaving after two years, but just because they're included right now for the first two years, we'll put them in the mix. Texas needs to be on BYU's schedule at least through 2025. Give me Texas every year. And then I want TCU on BYU's schedule. I like the rivalry from the Mountain West days. I know yeah, Gary Patterson's right, gone, but right. Texas, TCU, and then probably just for travel purposes, the closest school to BYU in the Big 12 is Texas Tech. It's 953 miles away. It's like an hour and 50-minute flight. So Texas Tech, TCU, and Texas, probably the three teams I'd go with. We have had some fun games with Houston. Houston you know, is really good. fun. Baylor's fun, too. Yeah, fun. A lot of fans in the Houston area. Yeah. Uh, all I care about is that the Big 12 home opener is against Texas. <laughs> and then I don't care what happens after that. Just for fun. Will the and schedule then, makers please make that happen? And we'll have Taysom come back and, and run out the flag and then go jump over two Longhorn players just to <laughs> remind them what life Taysom is Taysom like. Hill has to run out the flag for the, the opener Absolutely. Texas. All right. Uh, let's keep the energy high, Dave and talk college football national championship, shall we? BYU right now, 200 to 1 odds to win the college football playoff. Is that too high, too low, or just right? (laughs) Rich Strike, 80 to 1. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm banking on Rich Strike winning the Preakness Mm -hmm. before BYU wins the college football playoff. Sure. Um, So, 200 to 1, does that feel okay? Sure. I, the only op, I only have one issue with it. UCLA has better odds to win the, 
the college football playoff compared to BYU. And that should yeah, never happen. That's not right. That should never that happen. That is not right. But BYU's odds are going to go up once they join the Big 12 because they'll have a schedule to boost them that way. Yeah. They won't have to be perfect. Well, and UCLA is just the most overrated program in college football, so they'll do their thing and just not be relevant. It's okay. Both BYU baseball and softball had some big home runs last night. Indeed. First, Brock Watkins hit one in the seventh inning, a three-run shot to take the lead. Into right field goes Watkins. Fisher is back, and it is gone! <laughs> With one swing of the bat, BYU takes a 3-2 lead in the bottom of the seventh inning. Then on the other side of the ballpark over at Gail Miller Field, a Violet Zavodnik uh-huh. mercy rule home run, which you called her this. First time she faced her back in the second inning, but then gave up a triple and has given up the walk-off home run to Violet Zavodnik. We talked it into existence. So which was the better home run last night, Violet's mercy rule <laughs> homer or Watkins' home run that won the game. Well, clearly we have some bias involved in this, but I'm bigger than that, Dave. Situationally, BYU baseball had to have that for Brock Watkins. That saved the game. BYU softball was going to win the game regardless because it was in mercy rule, so I'm going to lean baseball just because it literally took them from the depths of despair into victory last night and kept that win streak going. See, in my call of that, there was the element of surprise because Gary and I were surprised because it just kind of blooped up there into right field and just kept going. Going, yeah. And then it disappeared into that big tree over by Helaman Halls and and, uh, and BYU had left guys on base all game long. Uh, but, uh, but yours was good too. Yeah, you know, well, all Violet does is hit home runs. 18 home runs for her on the season. Yeah, phenomenal. Batting over 400. She's going to be the WCC Player of the Year again. Again. Coming up, a rise and shout out to the grind. And the Batcats are rolling. It's not just Brock Watkins. It's Austin Deming. Look at this. Who's swinging the hot bat. He joins us in studio next to discuss what has changed over this six-game win streak. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball hosts Pacific. They start a three-game series in the WCC tomorrow night, 10 Eastern time. That's 8 local time on ESPNU. We encourage you to listen live with Greg Rubel on the BYU radio app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. Dave, I'd like to point something out. Uh, since I had my fingernails painted royal blue with uh, the Y and the Nike sign. And I got a whole list of concerns. <laughs> go ahead. As you should. Baseball and softball have both not lost. Just just throwing it out there. Just imagine what would do with uh, a ponytail. <laughs> it's all about superstition. My goodness. <laughs> Joining us now to discuss not fingernails, but actual baseball, but maybe some superstitions. But just a second, that's taking it for the team. <laughs> that's what you're doing. There's Sports Nation karma, and then there's this. Yeah, what's oh, next that's level? That's next level. He yeah. is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week, Austin Deming. Austin, welcome to the show. Um, and... Uh, I guess I have to ask, uh, are you are, are you buying into superstitious fingernails? <laughs> That's kind of creepy. Just you know, goes away. You know, super, superstitions are huge in baseball, but I don't know if I'm taking it. That far. <laughs> I think you're making a good decision. Uh, what's it like on the hot corner, third base? Give people an idea because um, I know at any time a line drive can just come right for your head. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I actually had one last night in the game in the mm-hmm. first inning. It. I kind of like it a little bit because you don't really have a lot of time to think. Like, it's hit, and then you kind of have to make that initial reaction, and then that kind of decides 
if you make that play or not. And I, I kind of like it a little bit. It helps me think less because I played shortstop my whole life in high school and you know, it, it gets hit to you and you have a little bit more time. So you're saying Brock Watkins is over there <laughs> analyzing the options as a grounders come yeah, to him? Uh, he, he's a solid, he, he does a solid <laughs> job out there, so he, he, he does a good job. But, yeah, just you, you have a little bit less time to think, and I, I kind of like that a little bit. It's hit, and i got to kind of make that initial decision of how I'm going to fill the, fill the ball and make the play. I'd be a better broadcaster if I had less time to think. <laughs> right? Because some of my ideas aren't great. You know, and I think about it and I say it, and they're like, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> get him, just get him in the moment, right? Just get him in the moment. Austin Deming is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You've had an incredible turnaround this season, uh, both as a team over the last little bit and individually. What do you attribute your recent rise to? I mean, your batting average is over 300. You've just been crushing it. Yeah, just just trying to help out. I think the turnaround for me was really important on a on a personal level, just with having a little bit of a tough year last year. So just just wanting to help the team out any way possible is was is always the goal, and being able to do that a little bit more this year has helped me a lot pers- or, uh, mentally. I think that's a big part of the game is just yeah. how you feel upstairs because you know sometimes your body's not going to feel great, but you can you can work through that, but mentally mentally is it can it can get to you and so being good upstairs can really help out was it a moment or a game where you felt like just a shift um maybe maybe the the Santa Clara series I I think I was actually like 0 for 4 the first game of the series and then I got on base like I didn't know this at the time but it was like seven or eight times in a row and that kind of that kind of helped me relax a little bit and just kind of since then it just kind of been seeing it and hitting it and that's the best feeling Let's talk about that time. You sweep Santa Clara, and then uh, and then the following Monday you have a team meeting, and uh, Tom Homo, Brian Santiago are there to announce to the team that Mike Littlewood is no longer the head coach, and Trent Pratt's going to be the interim coach, and you're all sitting there in the middle of your season, ready to go to Nebraska and play four games. What was that like? It was a complete shock. Thankfully, we have the same staff we did before, just minus Coach Littlewood, but it was. It was a it was a complete shock. I had nobody was expecting it. We thought it was just our typical Monday morning team meeting to start off the week, and then it was just just the news we nobody was expecting. But we just we knew we had to we had a season to keep going. We had to kind of process it and, and then uh, get ready to just keep going. Well, you go to Nebraska, you win three of four, and then you've turned it around in the WCC. Yeah, yeah, we've we've done really well outside of conference and even in conference we've we've kind of shown that we can do it it's just to go there and with that news that monday to go there and show the uh, nebraska that take three or four from them at their place was was big for our team well not only that uh correct me if i'm wrong they have 10 games over 500 or is it nine over 500 right now regardless 18 duff 28 and 18 okay 10 games over 500 okay and with all of the adversity and arguably when the season started your two best players not playing right now. Andrew Pintar yeah. done for the season. Cole Gamble sat out the majority of the season. Now you're making a case as one of the best players, but how have you been able to do this? String this together with the coaching change, all the adversity and the injuries. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be adversity. The the season's a, it's a long season. We play you know fifty something games just in the regular season, but you know we've had guys like Ozzie Pratt step up and kind of fill Penny spot at second, which is huge because obviously he was he had the. I think he was going to be projected to be the player of the year in our conference, and so that was a—it's a big guy to lose. You know, everyone knows that he was—he's our guy, and so to have Ozzy step up as a freshman and just kind of fill that role at second at the leadoff spot too. So he's—he's he's been a big, you know, spark in the lineup, and that—that—that that, that helps out. 
schedule's been interesting, too, because you start league play uh, dealing with these injuries. In fact, Gamble gets hurt in the first game against Gonzaga, which you win. Uh, but you get Gonzaga, you get Portland and San Diego early. Those are one, two, and three. Uh, Gonzaga, San Diego, Portland, uh, as we sit today. Uh, and here at the back side of the season, you're playing Pacific at the bottom and LMU, which is just a game ahead of you uh, next week. This is a good time to be playing your best ball against a team that's not in first place. Yeah, yeah. We just, with two series left, we just got to go in and our goal is to sweep both series and just keep rolling right into the tournament. We're we're still a little bit on the fence, so we just got to keep winning games and solidify our spot to make the tournament. Austin Deming, BYU baseball third baseman, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, the COVID exception has granted you extra time if you want it. Uh, I'm sure BYU fans, with how well you've been playing, are interested to know how much longer you're available to play at BYU. So what's the track? Our, math, our math shows you could be here till you're 29. Is that right? <laughs> well, that's normal. That's normal. <laughs> But yeah, so this is my fourth year, because, but because of COVID, I could play another year. So hopefully, I'm making a good case to that they'll they'll want me back next year. Is there a third baseman in Major League Baseball that you look at and go, "That's who I want to be"? Um, you, guys like Manny Machado. He he's a little bit flashy, but he's he plays third really well. And I, would, I that was a goal when I came into BYU is I just want to be really solid defensively. And he's a guy. He's a guy I like to watch. He makes every play. He's got the strong arm. So just just any of the guys that are really good defensively, all like Nolan Arenado, Matt Chapman, those are just kind of a few that come to my mind. They're they're really solid defensively, and I like watching them. When you look at uh, you and Wilkins and 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 Brock is an outstanding shortstop, but you got Jacob Wilk over there at first base, who's dug out so many of the throws from yep. uh, from you and Brock. Do you take him out to lunch? I was just gonna say Brock and I'll have to take him out a time or two <laughs> eventually, whether that's at the end of the year or not, because he is he's helped us out. Yeah, and he's gotten better. Yep, you know, he's we're solid. Solid at both corners yep. with with you and and he. Yep, yep, he does a good job over there and. Brock makes a little bit more better throws than I do, but... It's shorter distance. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for that. Come on now. There's a reason for that. But yeah, a, a good first baseman's important. You know, sometimes people are just like, oh, it's first base, it's easy. But, you know, we don't make throws to his chest every time, and that comes from every spot in the infield. So, you know, he's got to pick it sometimes. Sometimes he's got to jump up or tag the guy. So a, a good first baseman's really important. It's interesting. You got Mitch McIntyre out there in center who's been there forever. Yep. But you got Colin Reuter behind the plate as a freshman. Both those guys have bookended the the the, the nine man diamond. Uh, Reuter's been outstanding, and yep. he's just getting better. He's going to be the Big Twelve catcher moving forward. Yeah, he he saw. We knew we kind of knew that going into the fall. Like if he could prove it in the fall, like he was going to be the guy. And he does a great job behind the plate, and he's been swinging it really good lately. Do you have a walk? Well, I know you have a walk up song. How? What is it, and how did you choose it? <laughs> it's. It's called Armed and Dangerous by Juice World. It's actually it's actually kind of funny how I picked it. We were playing at Arizona State, and another guy had it for them, and I was like, I kind of like this. And I was like, hopefully I don't get made too, made fun of too much for copying a guy, but I actually copied a dude that on Arizona State that had it. Well, it's working out, right? <laughs> it's getting you right I definitely upstairs. had to change it from last year, yeah. <laughs> if you ever want a walk-up song that's going to affect the pitcher, go with, like, Sweet Caroline. Because now he's going to like that song, too, and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to throw a 100-mile fastball. I'm going to throw a 90-mile fastball. Oh, you can get him relaxed. It's a mood changer. Okay. They'll have everyone We see it in the ballpark along. every night. 
Austin, great to have you in studio. Uh, during the break, we're going to have you sign our Sailor Coog flag. If Sweet. you don't mind, we need your signature Sweet. over there. Uh, that will officially bring in the BYU Sports Nation karma awesome. for you for a big weekend series against Pacific. Yep. Good luck, man. Thanks for having me. It's, it was fun. Yeah, you got it. Austin Deming of BYU Baseball. Coming up, our elite voice of the day. And a rise and shout out to the best shooter in America. I didn't say it. This BYU Sports Nation. You just said it. Well, somebody, I'm quoting somebody else. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, is Jaron Hall a top 50 player in college football? And what would it mean for BYU football if he is top 50 at the end of the year? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at CL underscore living in on Twitter. Quote, of course Jaron is a top 50 player. For BYU, prepare for another hall in the Hall of Fame. Hashtag BYUSN, end quote. He's ready to put him in the Hall of Fame? A couple of expectations there. Oh, my goodness. Top 50 player, I believe so. Can he be great and among the best in the country? Absolutely. Stay healthy, utilize your tools that you've got, and win games. Amen to that. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. He is the best shooter in America, according to ESPN's Jay Billis. Alex Barcelo working the NBA draft pre-workouts uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. We've heard from guys throughout the season, analysts that say he's got a shot at the NBA, absolutely, because he can shoot. In the NBA, if you can score, teams need points. You don't have to be 6'9 if you're shooting 40%. Uh, yeah, everybody needs a 45% three-point shooter and a 90% free throw shooter, right? Absolutely. I think that's hard to argue with that. So good luck to Alex. Well done, my friend. Getting in with the Spurs. More to come, I'm sure. And our thanks to today's guest, the always energetic Samson Naku, is headed to camp with the Indianapolis Colts, and you just heard from Austin Deming of BYU Baseball. See him on the hot corner Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. you got wiffle ball Pacific. hot corner coming up. It's not easy over there. <laughs> it is not easy over there. Our conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN. For Dave McCann, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Brandon Kinzer. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go.